Welcome to Season 5 of KnowledgeCast, hosted by Jack Williams. We're excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about this new season along with our guest in previous seasons at jackwwilliams.com slash podcast. Now let's listen in to an all-new episode with Jack and this week's special guest. Well, welcome to our fifth season of KnowledgeCast. Uh, glad you joined us today. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you're one of our regulars, thanks for coming back. Well, today's guest is Bert Thornton. Bert is currently the Vice Chairman Emeritus of Waffle House. He previously served as President and COO, leading Waffle House in their greatest time of growth. And he's also responsible for one of the most popular items on the Waffle House menu, Bert's Chili, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Bert also is the author of... Uh, Two nationally uh, acclaimed books, uh, Find an Old Gorilla, Pathways Through the Jungle of Business uh, and Life, and High Impact Mentoring, a Practical Guide to Creating Value in Other People's Lives. Uh, welcome, Bert, to KnowledgeCast. Jack, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. I am a great admirer of you and your work. I love your book, The Question. I love your I Believe list. And I am uh, grateful for everything you're doing to help other people find value in their lives. Well, I look forward to our time together. You know, you had quite a career and made an incredible impact at Waffle House, both on the business side and with their people. Tell us how you got started with Waffle House. Sure. A little background. Um, I, I got out of high school, went to Georgia Tech, actually played football back when the earth was still cooling for a guy named Bobby Dodd. Um, got, out of, got out of Georgia Tech, um, went in the Army, had two years in the Army. And when I got out of the Army, I went to work for NCR in its fledgling IT division as a systems analyst and a salesman. Concurrent with that, a fraternity brother of mine at Georgia Tech named Joe Rogers Jr. Uh, left Tech went into his service, went to Harvard to get his MBA. And Joe's dad was Joe Rogers Sr., one of the two founders of Waffle House. Um, Joe realized at Harvard that he could have more fun and make more money um, rather than being an investment banker by going into the Waffle House business and taking it to another level. Uh, he he got there. He realized he was going to need a lot of help. Uh, he called me and asked me to come up and take a look. I did. And the next thing I knew, I was flipping eggs and turning hamburgers. So <laughs> that's how I got into the business, because Joe called and said, uh, we can do something great together. Well, well, you were in a leadership role there. You coined a phrase at Waffle House, busy hands talk best. What did you mean by that? Well, I think uh, one of the greatest things leaders need to know and need to do is show up. So if you want to know what's going on, you, you can't phone it in. You have to show up. And that's what I did. That's the way I ran the Waffle House <clears throat> operations end of the business. Um, and I would show up. And obviously, I wanted to know how things were going, how people felt about uh, what we were doing and what they were doing. And. But I found real quick that you cannot sit down across the table from somebody, Jack, and with a cup of coffee and look them in the eye and say, Jack, how's everything going? Oh, great. Right. Oh, great, Bert. It's just wonderful. So what I learned was that 
it was best to show up on a delivery day when the commissary truck was coming in and I would show up and help unload and help stock and break down the boxes. And while we were doing that, uh, we would talk about how things were going. And people, when you're a part of their life and helping, they open up much more quickly than if you're sitting down across the table, almost in a, a checklist atmosphere. If the if the commissary wasn't coming in that day, I would just grab a trash bag and take the person I wanted to talk to out in the parking lot. And together we would, what we call pick up the parking lot, which was pick up trash in the parking lot. So busy hands talk best. If you want to find something out, uh, don't make it confrontational, make it a team atmosphere. Well, you did something else um, when you were president and COO. Uh, as you said, you you like to to visit the stores personally, and I, I like to do that when I was in a leadership role too. That's that is when you find out what happens. You don't, as you said, when you sit across from somebody and say how things are going, they're not going to tell you, man, I really need a lot of help. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna make you feel like everything's fine. But you you initiated two pretty innovative management practices. You talked about uh, tell us about the cell phone and the two napkin game that you used. Sure. Well, let's start with the two napkin game. Um, Again, if you want to know how things are, you show up, and uh, but you have a chance to be instructive. Uh, I would I would take a, I would take one of our managers or our district managers or even division managers and ask them to sit with me at the high counter, and they I would say you take a napkin and I'll take a napkin and you write down everything you see that you think needs to change or improve, and I'll do the same thing, and then we will compare napkins. Now, what happens there? You know the old adage, show me and I'll see, tell me and I'll hear, get me involved and I'll understand? Right. Well, now all of a sudden they're involved, and it's almost like a competition because they're not looking through their uninformed eyes, but they're trying to look through my more experienced eyes. So they would start writing their list of things that they really hadn't seen before because they it had just been a part of their environment. And now all of a sudden it jumps out as something that we have an opportunity to, to help with. Um, obviously my list, my napkins were much longer than theirs, but at the end of it, uh, they not only identified things that needed to be corrected, but they learned how to see uh, with more experienced eyes. So that was the two napkin game. The The cell phone thing uh, came out of um, town hall meetings. Every year in every market, we would have a town hall meeting. For example, the market I live in right now is the Pensacola market, but we would bring hourly associates, managers, anybody who wanted to come in from Panama city to mobile and we would meet in Pensacola and there usually be a couple of hundred people, uh, at these meetings. And we would talk about where waffle house was going, the programs we were putting in. Uh, I would always pitch waffle house stock as you know, waffle house is employee owned. Right. And, um, and then, and then we'd open it up for questions and I would stay there until every question was answered. And then at the end of that meeting, I would say, now write this down. And I would give them my cell phone number and I'd say, 
we, we want you to work through your organizational chain of command if you have a problem. But if you can't get an answer or it does not get resolved to your satisfaction and, and, and no one can explain why, you call me. Then the senior vice president standing next to me would say, just before you call that number, <laughs> take this number down. He's no down and, and then the area vice president would say, just before you, and then the division manager would say, just before you call that. So here's the deal. Everybody had everybody's cell phone numbers, but we didn't allow problems to fester. Problems got solved very quickly because we were very transparent and, and very open in our communication. So that that was why I gave my cell number out. I was always amazed at how few calls uh, I got, but we solved a lot of problems. Well, I know you uh, prided yourself in your relationship with employees, and I saw that firsthand not too long ago when uh, I, I was talking to you about the event that some of your um, locations have on um, Valentine's Day, and, and it was such a special event that my wife and I went to, and and then the, the store didn't, didn't hold it the next year, and I was trying to find a location that did, and when I finally did, um, they were already booked up and I couldn't get in, but one of your stores was just one, one person went out of their way to make calls for me to different stores to see who was having that special Valentine's dinner. And I called you and, and got their name and, and you knew exactly who that person was and what store number it was. And right. uh, I said, you know, I know you probably want to give them a, uh, an added girl because they really went, they really represented Waffle House extremely well. And we did. Well, you uh, you mentioned just a second ago about stockholders, and, and most people don't know that the employees uh, at Waffle House are stockholders. How did this get started, and why did y'all go that route? Sure, the the operational founder, and really really the main uh, figure in the uh, inception of Waffle House, Joe Rogers Sr. Uh, he was a uh, he worked for the Tottle House organization. I know most people don't know uh, what Tottle House is, but that was really kind of the the beginning of the 24-hour uh, sit-down restaurant environment. He ran the uh, eastern seaboard for Tottle House, basically from Baltimore to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the Tottle House was owned by the Smith family out of Memphis, and Pop, Joe Rogers Sr., we, we always called him Pop, and he really was kind of like a second dad to me. Um, Pop ran the East, Eastern Seaboard. So he it was a family-run business, and he couldn't get stock, and he didn't want to work just for a salary. He wanted ownership. So eventually, he left uh, the Tottle House organization and started uh, Waffle House, which ultimately put the Title House out of business, but don't uh, feel too bad for the Smith family because that's Fred Smith Jr. who runs. He's the CEO and chairman at FedEx. So he rebounded pretty well, didn't he? They did. They did pretty well. And I actually, I was in Pop's office one day when he was talking to Fred Jr. and Fred Jr. used to play with toys around the feet of the managers when they were in Memphis, the senior people. Um, and Pop called him Little Freddie. He said, is that you, Little Freddie? And 
Fred Smith said, yes, sir, Pop, it's 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 me. It's little Freddie. So I don't know how many <laughs> people call the chairman of Fred, FedEx little Freddie. But um, <laughs> that that really is uh, is how uh, the whole Waffle House thing got started. And then Pop wanted to have an employee owned owner managed business. And that's one of the one of the foundations of Waffle House. It will never be public. It will always be employee-owned, and it's significant ownership. Uh, one of the last things I did before I retired as president of the company, we had a gal in Anderson, South Carolina, <clears throat> who retired after 30 years. She bought all the Waffle House stock that she could, which was basically 5% of her W-2 earnings. Now, she put two kids through uh, junior college on tips, but good gracious. And she never Christmas clubbed the money. She always let the stock grow and she got stock options. And 30 years, uh, she retired, cashed in. And I uh, went up and gave her a hug and handed her a check for about $500,000. So it's, it's, it's significant ownership. If I gave you a list of the Waffle House waitresses with over $100,000 in Waffle House stock today, it would scare you. So that's, that's how that that's how it got started. It's an ethic of our business, and I I predict it will always be that way. Well, you know, you've got something that most people can't claim, and you, you've got a, your name on a, a famous um, item on the Waffle House menu, and that's Bert's chili. Tell tell us about how all that came about. You bet. So. I was out in Dallas, basically running the Waffle Houses west of the Mississippi, when Joe Rogers Jr., my fraternity brother, who then was president, came out and he said, Bert, uh, we have great products, uh, but we have uh, a canned chili. Uh, if you were dumb enough to order chili in a Waffle House in the 1970s, we'd scoop it out of a can and heat it up for you. He said, you're in the <laughs> capital of the world here in Texas. Will you come up with a good recipe? And I said, sure. So I worked on it. Actually, we were all about sameness while I was working on the recipe. And it took a year. I worked on four recipes and I had them in North Dallas, South Dallas, East Dallas and West Fort Worth. So people wouldn't try it one place and go to another place and say, hmm, this, this tastes different. And the recipe that we ended up with was the Louisville, Texas recipe without the Tabasco and the bacon. And we put it in. It was an overnight home run. It was so successful that one of the ingredients, actually the base, uh, we were selling so much that the base was denying space in our freezers for meat. So I had to reformulate it a different way. And I was scared to death, but we put it in. Sales went up 22%. And today we sell almost 12 million bowls a year. That's crazy. It's delicious. Yeah. It's delicious. I can tell you. Sir. Whatever that I always, I always say anything good to you. It's got to be good for you, Jack. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, being a 24-7, 365 business, there's got to it's had to have been some pretty interesting things happen at, at some of your stores, probably some you didn't hear about, and, and uh, some obviously you did. Any one or two stories come to mind? Sure. We've got we've got as many stories as we have Waffle Houses. We've had weddings behind the counter. We've had we've had funerals in the parking lot. Uh, we have celebrities all the time that 
that uh, come in. Trevor Lawrence is famous for going to the the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback when he wins right. a match game. He goes to the Waffle House. We had Kid Rock in Atlanta uh, at one of our uh, Waffle Houses that um, made some rather infamous uh, piece of history with some things that went on there. But Kid Rock is a huge Waffle House fan. I will tell you uh, and kind of close with this, if if you like, uh, my favorite Waffle House story. And it's, it's a story about a mentoring experience that paid off. A uh, story about a young guy named Dave Rickle. Um, I first met Dave when he was a brand new manager. Uh, he ran the Waffle House just off the Georgia Tech campus on Northside Drive. I'd heard about Dave for some time. Uh, bright young kid, premium college, um, ex-athlete, lacrosse player, um, great core values, great people skills. Knew I had to meet him, so I went to his restaurant late one afternoon, early one evening, when I knew he'd be working the supper shift. And I pulled in the parking lot, walked in the restaurant, and there was Dave right behind the counter doing exactly what he should have been doing, taking care of business. He rushed out to shake my hand. And we talked for a minute, and then we got behind the counter and did what Waffle House people do for you every day, cook, clean, wash dishes, bus table, whatever it took to make sure the customer experience was great. We did that for about an hour, and then I took Dave in the back room to get to know him a little better. And that's when he asked me the question that would change his life and his career forever. He said, Bert, how do I get promoted? I said, it's easy, Dave. You make yourself the obvious choice. You make yourself the obvious choice. He said, great answer. He said, great. How do I do that? So what ensued there and over the next 15 or so years was a discussion, a mentoring discussion about what it takes to succeed in life and business. And I ran into Dave about five weeks ago at the Waffle House corporate office in Norcross, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And I asked Dave the question I'm fond of asking people I raised in the business, but haven't seen for a while. I said, Dave, what have you learned since I saw you last? He said, Bert, I learned you were right. I said, great answer, Dave. Great answer. <laughs> right about what? He said, do you remember the first night we met? I told him I remember it well. He said, you look me in the eye and you said, you said, Dave, you can succeed if you care, if you try, if you learn, if you stay. You can succeed if you care, if you try, if you learn, if you stay. He said, you told me, Dave, you, you have to care. It all starts with care. And if you don't care, nothing else matters. But caring alone is not enough. Caring will get you into the starting gate. And you've got to try hard to get out on the track and beat the competition. And you have to learn something every day. You told me I had to read something every day, and I have. And you said I had to stay. You said, Dave. There'll be a hundred reasons for you to leave, do something different every week, but you need to stay and bloom where you're planted. Dave did stay and Dave's done well. Today, Dave is one of three operational executive vice presidents who operate over 2000 Waffle Houses in 25 states. Uh, Dave's top revenue line on his P&L is in, in excess of one billion with a B dollars. And on any given day, Dave has between 30 and 35,000 people working for him. So care, try, learn, stay. Dave did. Dave's done well. 
I think it's one of the great Waffle House stories of all time. Well, that, that's great. That's great story and great advice. Uh, I don't know whether, whether I even shared with with you this. Um, a number of years back when I started a staffing business, uh, I actually went to Waffle House to try to help uh, you get introduced to college athletes. And because you uh, had an interest in, in college, Waffle House had an interest in college athletes. And so I really became a student and learned a lot of the things that you just shared about Waffle House that I had no idea. But in terms of prepping to, to promote it, and we had several uh, college athletes uh, come and go to work for you. And I know, um, you know, we're so familiar in the South with Waffle House, but in the Northeast, you know, that wasn't, people didn't grow up with Waffle House. And and I know the Waffle House story is a case study, uh, I believe at Harvard, if I'm not mistaken. It is. There are actually two case studies at Harvard, an A case and a B case, and, the, and there's a case study at Georgia State as well. Wow. Well, that's that's a great tribute to, to all of you who, who made it happen. I will have to tell you my story, though. And I, again, I can't uh, validate the facts, but it's a great story. I used to work for a guy whose dad was a great man. But evidently, in the evening, he and his buddies got a little uh, rambunctious. And rumor has it that he has been he and his buddies were banned for life from three Waffle Houses. So I'm not sure what you got to do to get to get that. <laughs> it had to be pretty special. It has to be something significant. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I, I can't let you go without my uh, asking you what my wife wanted to find out. Who came up with the, the term scattered and smothered? That was Pop. That was Joe Rogers Sr. And originally, uh, you could only get it. Uh, scattered means the hash browns are laid out as opposed to in the ring. Right. And uh, they're crispier. Uh, you can only get it. Uh, you could get it in the ring or you could get it scattered or you could get it scattered and smothered, which is onions or scattered, smothered and covered which is cheese, but as we realized people wanted other stuff, now you can get it scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, diced, top, peppered, cap, and country. <laughs> well, uh, that's a little too much for me. Uh, I, I'll just take the simple version. Well, Bert, listen, thank you again for taking time out of your day to be with us. You certainly shared some uh, interesting stories and experiences that I'm sure our listeners enjoyed hearing. And we're gonna continue our interview with Bert next week and talk about some of the key insights that are found in his two books. So I know that you want to tune back in to hear more from Bert. So until then, make sure you're being a positive influence in the lives of others. <music>